0: I think what we do as business analysts is taken for granted uh, for the most part. And that's why, for me, it's important to stand out, not just for, you know, to acknowledge and recognize the efforts that we make with our projects. But it's also for professional growth. But it starts with you because you have to be sold on, you know, the impact, the value of the work that you're doing. It's not just that. Okay, yes, you're you're on this project, or you've been um, hired by this company, and you're getting paid. Yes, we understand that. But in the grand scheme of things, it's also that you're helping move and drive the um, organization forward.
1: Welcome to the Inside Business Analysis Podcast. I'm your host, Tando Jacobs, and today I am joined with Donna Simpson. Donna, how are you doing today?
0: Very well, thank you. Super excited to be here.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. Uh, I am really, really excited for our conversation. Um, I always see you active on LinkedIn, sharing so many gems on business analysis, and I'm excited to just pick your brain today and have a discussion around the world of business analysis and how we can stand out more as business analysts, instead of hiding in the shadows. Um, now, Donna, you are a senior business analyst. You know you got experience as a product owner, uh, but you're also a coach and a mentor for business an- analysts as well. And so, you, you effectively have been in the space for some time now. How has your journey been so far in the business analysis space?
0: Yeah, so it's been over ten years since I took my business analysis training or bootcamp. Um, and it's been quite a journey. And the reason why I'm sharing so much of my experiences, you know, now is because I find myself on the other side of what new business analysts and aspiring business analysts are currently experiencing. So I find a lot of joy in just sharing and, you know, my experiences so that people can a, learn from them or, you know, the ones that work for them, they can, you know, emulate them as well. So it's been quite a journey and, you know, I'm loving, you know, being on this side right now. So, yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's great to hear. And, and I love, I love that uh, you acknowledging the fact that you are, you are where you are now and it's different from where you started off. And also that you've got some knowledge and experience and encouragement to pass down to those who are upcoming into this space of business analysis. Um, so the topic of today, obviously, as we mentioned is around how do we kind of stand out as business analysts in the field Yes, because we can, we can be a quiet role almost. Um, th- there is this, I don't know if you've, if you've heard of it, there is this kind of common phrase that I see coming up in articles and all sorts, which says that, um, uh, business analysts are the unsung heroes on projects. And I agree with it, but then at the same time, I'm like, why are we the unsung ones? You know, why, why do people not sing about us? And maybe it's because we're not doing enough to kind of make ourselves known. I don't know. But, um, you know, what, what do you think that's the case? Why do you think is it, it, it's the situation that BAs are kind of seen as kind of this unsung hero? We do a lot of things, but then people don't sing praises about us on the other end.
0: Yeah, I agree that we are the unsung heroes, just like you mentioned. And uh, for me, I find that... Um, one, because, you know, I think what we do as business analysts is taken for granted uh, for the most part. I remember um, way, way back before I became a business analyst, I heard, oh, being a business analyst is being like a glorified secretary. You know, you're taking notes. Wow. and Yes. But it is far from that. It is far from that. Um, we touch several parts. You know, we 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 are the ones that make sure that projects are moving smoothly. Yes, there might be a product owner or a project manager. I mean, or a product man, a product manager. But the business analyst is working with the stakeholders. We're working with developers. You know, we're working with technical teams. We're working with QA. So you know, we're touching all parts of the project. So how can we be? Not we need to be recognized for that. You know, we we need to be recognized for that. But I find that, you know, it's just taken for granted that, you know, the business analyst is a business analyst and that's who they are. You know, they're the ones that, you know, are in the background making sure everything works. And that's why for me, it's important to stand out, not just for, you know, to acknowledge and recognize the efforts that we make with our projects, but it's also for professional growth. You know, so you absolutely, absolutely can't stay in the background of a project. And in my experience and starting off as a business analyst, I was that person head bent, you know, just don't ask me any questions. I'm going to do my work, but make sure everything goes work smoothly. If there are any issues, I'm going to make sure I stay up late, you know, do what I have to do to make sure that we get back on track
1: you touched on some important points there, about the importance of essentially not staying in the shadows and coming out into the light and being, you know, effectively being vocal about the fact that, you know, I'm here, this is the work that I'm doing. But there's, there's an interesting thought around this. Cause I, I look back as well to when I started my, my, my role or my career as a business analyst, and I was so focused on doing the job really, really well. Now there's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but I guess yeah. what I thought was, you know, my beautiful BPMN process model that I've put in place or the perfect user stories that I've written with the acceptance criteria clearly defined would almost speak for itself. And I don't need to say more above that, right? I've done the work, the work is there, everyone's happy, no one's complained about it, and I don't need to do any more. But it sounds like you're saying that's not enough.
0: No, that's not enough. You need to be Part of a lot of conversations, you know, not just the conversations that require, you know, get gathering your requirements or um, having conversations with developers. And when I think back to one of my managers, who I'm so grateful for, she always pulled me into meetings with senior leaders. And she'll tell me, "You just you don't even have to speak because I'll be terrified." She's like, "Just listen to mm. the conversation, understand the context of what they're talking about, understand how this project impacts," you know everything else, like the goals for the, the organizational goals for the year, you know, the roadmap, the vision for what, what the company, where the company is going. So being, you know, having access to those type of meetings and keeping my camera on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my camera on, um, I have to emphasize that. And I'm also one person who didn't like to have my camera on way, way back Um you know, uh, in 2016, 2017, I did, but I realized that if I wanted to, you know, be visible and I wanted people to Mm. know me as a business analyst and the work that I was doing, I needed to have my camera on. So being, asking, even if it's not like, so in my case, it was my manager that pushed me into showing up in these meetings, but it's, it doesn't hurt to ask, you know, can I be a part of this meeting to really get some context and understand, you know, where we're going, you know, how this um, project, what we're doing is going to impact, you know, the stakeholders, the shareholders, you know, the business itself. You know, will this give me an idea of, you know, how this project impacts other projects that are going on? So, you know, having those, um, you know, having been able to ask the question and be able to support it with why you want to be part of those conversations or in those meetings
1: love that i love that and i will agree having the camera on does actually make a difference it feels yeah. like you're present in the room yes. even though everybody is ver- verbally present should i say it just having mm-hmm. a camera on in that and it feels like you're present in the room but more powerfully than that we are living in and working in a hybrid virtual environment these days so we do need to be virtually present you know not just uh, physically anymore but thinking about kind of this whole concept and looking, especially also looking back to, you know, like you said, before you started to be a bit more visible, what do you think are the things that are holding people back from doing more than just kind of put your head down and do your job, but actually be visible? What, what are the kind of things that are holding people back and, and how can we overcome them?
0: One is uh, the first thing I'll say is lack of confidence. You know, um, I am a reformed introvert, (laughs) you know, so I understand (laughs) what it, and it was, a lot of it was, you know, just keeping quiet. I have a bit of an accent, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to look at me and not understand what I'm saying. So the less I speak, the better. So for me, from my experience, it was, you know, one is lack of confidence. The other is, the other, the other one is not recognizing the importance of the work you do. Because if you were to recognize the importance of the work you you do, then you would want people to know, you know, this is what I've done. This is the impact it's going to have. And, you know, recognize it. (laughs) You Mm. know, but it starts with Mm. you because you have to be sold on, you know, the impact, the value of the work that you're doing. It's not just that, okay, yes, you're you're on this project or you've been um, hired by this company and you're getting paid. Yes, we understand that. But in the grand scheme of things, it's also that you're helping move and drive the um, organization forward. So recognizing that, so, you know, one will be, I would say, lack of confidence. Two, not um, recognizing um, the value of the work that you're doing. And three, it might just be an oversight you know, it might just be an oversight, like in in terms of, you know, I'm doing my job, I'm doing what I have to do, and I don't really need to, um, you know, um, um, you know, wave the flag. I don't, I'm being compensated for it. So, you know, I'm just doing what I have to do. So I'm just going to stay here. But when you have a vision for your career, for where you want to go, then all these things start to make sense and come together that, you know, you need to be visible, even if it's not, um, even if you're not trying to grow within the organization, if you know there are some organizations where you you kind of look things, look at things, and you're like, hmm. you know, the 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 room for you know growth here might not be where it needs to be. But yeah. if I can be visible here, I can get letters of recommendation. You know, I can have these um, leaders. You know. Sp- speak to their colleagues in other organizations about me um, because we know that a lot of you know as you get higher up it's more of your interpersonal skills it's more of who you know it's more of your network so those are the reasons why you want to make sure that you're visible and you're speaking up
1: you hit the nail on the head there i think that i think all of those things i've faced myself and i think everybody listening to this will will put their hand up if they're honest enough and say yeah you know i feel shy i feel timid or Um, I just don't fully understand how what I'm doing fits in with the wider picture and then Mm -hmm. having that holistic perspective. Uh, But also that last point that you've made about, you know, the, the honest truth and the reality is that there comes a point in your career or particularly with opportunities or development, growth and things like that, where it's not necessarily how good you do the job. But just how good you are, how how visible you are, really, if we're being completely honest, because most of the times you do a very, very good job and you know you do a very good job. But unfortunately, maybe three people know you do a very good job and that's it. Right. The other 30 around you have no idea the fact that you've spent hours on on, end solving this problem or helping the team to solve that solution. So I think that's a powerful point. And a lot of BAs maybe overlook that that side of things because we're so focused on just kind of churning out the things that we need to do (laughs) if that makes
0: sense yeah yeah and I I, another example that comes to mind is I worked for an organization that had a large BA community so there were over 200 BAs within that organization but we were working under different business units or work streams and um you know I, I I know this individual who was all over the place you know he knew all the senior leaders. He had great conversations with them. He would volunteer. He was even outside of the BA community. He was part of a social committee so going to distribute like Easter eggs around Easter, he would have access to even like, you know, senior leaders um when we had our BA community um quarterly event he was one of those that would, you know, um, run the event and participate. And I noticed that, you know, even when it came to like the type of laptops we got, he got better laptops mm. than we did. Yes. He got better laptops. He got better um, software on it. Back in, I want to say, somewhere around 2017, 2018, this guy had started to talk to me about like Data leaks uh bi you know and he had all those software on his laptop us the regular bas didn't have that <laughs> <laughs> he's so i learned so much I, I was so impressed when i noticed that his laptop was a higher quality like what strings yeah. did he have to pull you know yeah. to get make that happen he was just a very personable you know very friendly had no qualms, you know, speaking with senior leaders and he volunteered a lot. There was a hackathon that we had. He was part of it. He ran it. So volunteering as well helps us to be visible as well is what I want to say.
1: Yeah, no, very, very good point. And I love that. I love that. I love that. Some of them are listening to them thinking, you know, why would a laptop or softer packages even matter? Trust me, it does. I remember I was working in in an organization where like you had to, part of our we're looking at data stuff and excel and the laptops we had just couldn't hack it
0: and sometimes
1: you know that really does help and talking about software some organizations are like you can't have Visio; it's expensive you can't have that uh, software it's expensive so stick with draw.io and then you have that one ba who just knew a way to circumvent that and get the thing that works for them you know
0: (laughs) exactly exactly i think i wrote on linkedin the other time or i don't know if i posted it how you know because i love vizio so much i love the enterprise enterprise version and i had to justify why i needed the enterprise version because osbis just had the standard vizio um, version of um version um so you know just those little things you know just knowing who to speak with and just having a nice rapport will get you uh visa your enterprise or any application or a better <laughs> honestly
1: and it will make it, it the, the powerful thing about this though it will then make your job so much easier because you're using yes. the tools that are built for the thing that you're trying to do yes, as opposed to exactly. like making things work with something that's half broken <laughs>
0: exactly exactly, exactly. So, that's it yeah yeah
1: <laughs> So in an environment where, say, for example, I'm the only business analyst you know, on, on, yeah. in my area, whatever that means, and um, I want to stand out, maybe I haven't been doing much standing out because you know, I've just been focused on making sure that the project is ticking along. What kind of yeah. tips would you have for somebody who's kind of, kind of a solo BA in their team or in, in you know, working with on the projects that they're working in? And what could they yeah. do to start standing out effectively?
0: Yeah, I find that, you know, they are pros to being the solo BA on a team because you get to set the precedent, you know, mm. you set the bar high or low. We want to set it high, though, you know, so you get to set that precedent, you know, you're pretty much... The main person that, you know, um, stakeholders are looking at to make sure that their requirements are well written, well documented and really convey what they want. So if you find yourself in that position, I would say take advantage of it because you have access to, you know, tasks and re- responsibilities that um, if you were a B, one of many BAs, you wouldn't have um access to. So you find that that you might be doing a little bit more outside of the scope of the business analyst. You might do some, a little bit of project management that I experienced that, you know, you might do a little bit of, you know, um, vendor management. You might be the, the face of the company when it comes to speaking to vendors. So just, you know, just really embrace all that and, you know, take it all in because that's experience that you're getting. But in terms of how to stand out within the organization, you want to make sure that, you know, you know what you're doing, you know, you're following mm. the rules, you're fo- you're doing things properly because you're setting that precedent for expanding that, even that expanding that team, if, if that happens in the future. So you want to make sure that you're do- really doing things well. And, you know, again, you know, People know that you're this person, you're the person to go to when it comes to, you know, everything, business analysis within their organization. So, like I said, you just really want to just embrace it and see it as a good thing, as a positive thing and not negative.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally love that. I love, man, I love that point that you made about the fact that you are the one who's setting the standard, really. You're setting the yes. bar at this point. And yes. it's, you almost have the freedom. That gives you freedom. I know it sounds scary, yes. but it actually gives you yes. the freedom to say. I want to be visible in these levels. I want to be visible in this way. I want to be able to do these things because you've got that flexibility.
0: Yes. Um, Yes. I have an example. Sorry. I have an example of that. Go for it. Um, So I joined an organization, Solo BA, and I was asking, like, before I joined, you know, what methodology the company used and if they were using Jira, you know, because I absolutely love user stories. I prefer to write user stories over writing business requirements document. But if I have to write a business requirement document, I will. And I was mm. told that the business analysts, we're going to do what you want to do. So if you want to use Jira, yeah. we'll use Jira. If you want to document using business requirements document, um, writing a business requirements document, we'll do that. So you imagine. Wow. <laughs> Oh, so just it goes back to you know the point that you were say- saying, you know. So yeah, there's so much that you can do. It gives you the the bandwidth to to pretty much you know run yeah. things the way you want to run them. So that's I my love example. That. I <laughs> love that.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I love that. And then you touched on this earlier that you know you had a line manager who put you on game really with the senior uh, stakeholders.
0: Yeah. But
1: let's just imagine that your line manager wasn't there. What what sort of tactics could you have done to get yourself in those positions? And I'm thinking about that BA who's thinking, I'm, I'm on a tactical level at this point, but I really want to kind of go up, you know, to be in contact and work with the decision makers, really. How could, how could I make that work or even be visible at the very least, right? So that they know the work that I'm doing and hopefully invite me to the table, if that makes sense. Um, any tactics that BAs could then use to, to, get, to get invited or to get in that room. Yeah,
0: build a rapport with a project sponsor. Have a very good Mm -hmm. relationship with a project sponsor because the project sponsor is the person who has access to the senior leaders that you're going for, right? So make sure that your relationship with the project sponsor is good, And you can do this by, you know, always collaborating with go, collaborating with project sponsor, communicating properly. You know, when you're sending out emails to the uh, project sponsor, you know, keep it high level, but make sure your communication is crisp. And also asking the question, how can I make this project run smoother and better and faster for you? Like asking mm. the people who, you know, are leading the project like, how else can you you know support the project you know outside of your role as a business analyst, like you know just you know what oh how how does my how does my role impact you know you and how can I make your job easier that is a question mm. that you want to ask, even if it's your manager you know even if it's the uh, product manager you're working with or the project manager, depending on the you know the the structure of the team you always want to ask like how can I help you how can I support you?" But I would say that if you don't have a, you know, and somebody advocating for you, you know, you want to try to hit the person that is like at the top of the echelon that you have access to and build a rapport mm. with them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Be, be of service and effectively don't just mm-hmm. ask, but have that value exchange yeah. going on there. That's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. Um, so, Donut. so there might be someone listening to this. And you know they're very encouraged. They're like I'm so encouraged to take this step, but I'm scared. I've got all of these imposter syndromes. I'm I'm feeling a little bit shy. I like to keep myself to myself. I don't I don't want to talk too much in case I say the wrong thing. All of that good stuff. What would you say to that person who's thinking those thoughts at the minute?
0: Yeah, I will tell that person that it's normal, doesn't make you um less than who you are, and then start small. What is that small thing you could do today that gets you out of your comfort zone or that even makes you visible? You know, just start small. And once you have you start to have thoughts around, you know, moving past your fears, opportunities somehow, you know, start to appear for you. So whether it's, you know, um, somebody who was supposed to uh, run a meeting um, had to be out of the office that day, you run that meeting. You know, that's something small you can do. Just run that meeting and just get 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 into that mindset of you know a leader and who you are. And and it it also comes down to trusting yourself. Trust yourself, trust what you know, trust you know, the experiences that you had. But you know, just start small is what I would say. It's always good to start small. So one little step at a time will get you there.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Love that. I love that. And um, have you have you, you, you did touch on this earlier? But I'm curious to know, kind of thinking back in your career journey, what is it that what is it that kind of was the catalyst or became the thing that made you think to yourself, okay, I really need to stop being in the shadows and start being visible. What you know, what's your personal experience in this particular arena here?
0: Yeah, so my experience came from being in the same role. Um, for so many years. Um, So I had been a senior business analyst level XYZ at this company. It was the highest level. And at that point, the next step was to be a business consultant um, where it was, I think if I were to explain it today, it was more of like a program manager. It was right. called business consultant then, or you know, you could also go and become a, a project manager. So I was trying to start, you know. I so I had a conversation with my manager. This is not the manager that was pushing me forward. This is a different uh, organization. And so I had a conversation that during my annual review, that you know, I think that I've been in this role for three years, and I would like to. um, you know, moving into a different, um, role and, you know, what's the career path? Because, you know, the, a new career path had just been released. And she said, you know what? The climb is steep. And at this point, um, you know, there's nothing for you here at this point, but, you know, wow. something that occur car later, but not right now was pretty much what she said. So that was year one, you know, my first time asking. Then the next year, same manager going over my performance review. I reminded her again, I would like, you know, to get into a different role. You know, what's the path for me? What are my options? This time around, she said, remember what I told you, the climb is steep. You just don't go from, you know, senior business analyst to a business consultant, blah, 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 blah. And so the second year went by, I started to think to myself, if I stay here, I'm going to hear this thing over and over again. And I noticed that some of my colleagues were moving up to other business units. So they were doing lateral moves and then moving up. So that's when I realized that she doesn't really know, even though she's my manager, I have one-on-ones with her, she probably doesn't value the work that I'm doing because I'm pretty timid. I'm quiet. You know, she told me, no, I went and waited another year. The next year I came back. So I'm like, I'm really not helping myself out here. And that's when I decided one to switch organizations and then, <laughs> and then to start to be more visible um, as a business analyst.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that. I think that the my key lesson that I'm taking away from you from that story that you've shared is that you are going to be your own megaphone at the end of the day. You know, your line yes. manager or your colleagues, they may, they may be your, you know, you may think they will kind of be your advocates, but really it's up to you to vocalize what you're doing and make yourself visible, you know? It's, yeah. And it's, if, you don't say, if you don't do it, no one else is going to do it for you, I guess, yeah. in a nutshell.
0: That's what exactly. I'm taking away yeah. from, that, from that experience. Mm. Exactly. You have to chart your own course. You know, you absolutely have to chart that course for yourself.
1: Yeah. So, Donna, another thing that you do is obviously mentor new BAs. We touched this yeah. uh, at the beginning of the conversation. How did you kind of start and, um, you know, what's been that transition been like for you to kind of start looking back and lifting others up, so to speak?
0: Yeah, so I've always had like a side business, side hustle going on. And for about seven years, I was a business coach supporting women um, who were building their business on the side. So I was doing that and, you know, I had clients here and there and I was really like, you know, my whole thing was really to support women who are building their business. And I became a mom and I was like, I don't really have too much time to do as much as I would like to do. But... I'm a business analyst and I can help other business analysts. Um, I can help other women as well. And there, is, there really isn't too much. Um, you know, I'm speaking from my experience. I can support them. And at some point I'd written a course um, because my B instructor had asked me to be a, um, a guest um, instructor. I had that course. It had been sitting down there for eight years, not doing anything. And I pulled it out one day and I was like, you know what? Can really help people. People need to see this. And I do this in my 95. So the transition into doing this on the side, you know, wasn't there was no learning curve for me. Um, I'd taken a lot of coaching. I'm part of coaching courses, coaching programs. Um, I really, really learned the art of coaching and mentoring. And so this was something that I knew that I could do easily and I don't know. I think I had a, another awakening and I was like, yeah, business coaching is great, but you know what? I really want to help women. Um, I really want to help others who are where I used to be. And, you know, I want to see them thrive. I want to see them excel. I want to see them handle their business analysis roles with calm and confidence. And so that's how I got into it.
1: Loved. I love that. Love that. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, such a powerful journey. Eight years of holding on to a course. That is, yes. that is a long time. But, um, yes. you know, I'm glad it's out. It's out, right? It's, it's, if people can go to your course now well, and learn um, it somewhere.
0: Well, it's supposed to be on an audio, it's supposed to be an audio course, but my paid clients have access to it, at least right now. Um, but my plan awesome. is to eventually put it on a, a, as an audio course on a platform where people can have access to it.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for that. No, definitely do it. Definitely do it. Yeah. I think yeah. you know people. People need this. Um, need need. A, there will be, there will be people who are where they are today. They will look at you, and you would be that person that will help them. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's a, such a powerful thing to do. So definitely can't wait for that. Now, yeah. Donna, it has been such a insightful, impactful, and visible conversation. Um, I'm really, really. <laughs> happy that we had this conversation and that you agreed to be on the podcast of thank you again for coming on. Um, now a couple of questions before we come to an end. The first one for me is, uh, for people who would like to connect with you personally and maybe even learn more about, you know, becoming a mentee of yours and all the rest of it, where is the best place for them to do that?
0: I am on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn at Donna Simpson uh, is where you'll find me consistently. You might stumble upon my TikToks or you might stumble upon my Instagram Ooh. page. But um, really, LinkedIn is what works for me. Um, and like I said, as someone who's an, um, an introvert or used to be, I just find that LinkedIn, you know, just I say what I have to say. And then, you know, that's it. There's no, you know, having to produce like I, like on Instagram, like, you know, it, it always felt like a production on LinkedIn. I I find, sorry, on TikTok, I find TikTok is not as like, not as much of a production as, um, as, um, Instagram, but I have to create time to like, you know, batch videos, whereas on LinkedIn, I just type in my text and, you know, and I can engage that way. So I absolutely, um, enjoy hanging out on LinkedIn.
1: Yep, I will put the link to your LinkedIn profile on the show notes of this episode. I completely agree with you. LinkedIn just feels natural as a place to create content. Um, Instagram and TikTok are great, uh, but you can find yourself feeling like it's another job almost, right? So yeah, totally understand that front. Um, The the last question that I have for you, Donna, is looking forward to you know another 10 years from now where do you see business analysis and and do you think we would be more visible outside of bas and outside of kind of our immediate circle
0: Yes, absolutely. Um just looking at job descriptions today. Um a BA is doing a lot. Um there's the data um analysis part of it, um business intelligence, so the role of the BA is getting more robust. <laughs> so there's no way that a BA in 10 years will not be visible. The BA, the 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 BA in 10 years will have to be visible, will have to have, you know cutting edge skills, you know, very in tune with technology and the direction in which technology is going because, um, that's going to be what is going to drive a lot of organizations is, you know, following those times that we're in digital innovations, artificial intelligence, you know, uh, business intelligence. So that's the direction. So, yeah. So I think that the, in 10 years, we can't say that uh, the, the role of a business analyst will be one that is in the uh, background. I'm sure it's going to be very visible.
1: Yeah. Great. Great. There. And um You know, love that, love that insight. Well, once again, Donna, I really, really want to appreciate your time and I want to um, encourage you to keep going and keep helping people who are where you were, you know, when you first started your journey and that's their present reality. I'm sure there'll be people listening to this who are saying, oh my goodness, that conversation that you were talking about with your manager, that's exactly what I'm going through right now. And you can help them out of that situation. So, um, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us your expertise, your experience. And just the gems and the tips of how we as business analysts can step out of the shadows, stop being the unsung heroes and be more visible in our work. So thank you again for coming on.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.